Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt Desic Spirits. I am your co-host Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host Desiree Gonzalez. Hey, on today's episode, we are going to have a conversation about who is your daddy. Mm. <laughs> hey guys, last week we launched season two and we have received some amazing feedback. Also, we got an email with some of our stats. Wow, guys, we made the top 200 in the U.S. in spirituality and religion, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to this and allowing us to be able to step into that place of influence. Yeah, so awesome, guys. And, you know, another thing we launched last week is that we started a eight-week mentorship group. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> and it is called How to Be Individually Powerful Together and we launched it last week. We had so much fun. Oh, it was, it was fun. amazing. The people that have joined, uh, uh, we are just stoked and excited to see everything that's going to happen in the next eight weeks. And we wanted to give you one last chance to join. If you're interested yes. or you've been thinking about it, we are going to cut off registration tonight. You you may have missed the live last week, but you can always catch the replay. Yes. Um, so we highly encourage you. We only have a few spots left that we're going to open it up to. So if you're thinking about it, we would love to have you on this journey with us. So go register. This is the last day to do it. And we would love to have you. And it, one of the things I just love about last week, it was our first meeting and the authenticity and vulnerability of the couples was just so amazing. Yeah, one of my favorite parts was the Q&A at the end of our time, <laughs> and it started getting real, Come real on. quick. So it was fun. It was awesome. And it's also been a great opportunity to create a sense of community and family with like-minded couples mm -hmm. that are either fighting the same battles or have had breakthrough. And one of the things that you understand part of being a part of a group like this is that there is anointing and proximity and there's connection that brings breakthrough. And sometimes you being a part of a tribe like this where you're deeply connected, you could receive someone else's breakthrough. And so I just love this. Yeah, me so too. So good. So let's talk about this. Who is your daddy? This is very foundational and it's actually the key to understanding kingdom family. Yeah. And what brings us together as family? You know, uh, I like to say it this way. The two most important things that you will ever learn in your walk as a believer in Christ is understanding who God is and understanding who you are. Yep. Here's the issue, though. Many times, if you discover who you are before discovering who God is, you will actually search the Bible to find you, not find God. Dang. <laughs> and that's why it's so important, even in the context of family, that we first discover who God is in our view of God. And so many times, if you are like me, you grew up in church to a certain extent that you begin to receive a perception of God that doesn't line up with the word of God. Mm -hmm. It is really connected in religion. And so we want to talk about this because this is really foundational for kingdom family. If we're going to be kingdom family, we're going to create kingdom family that transforms the world around us, then we need to know who our king is. We need to know who our father is and who is God. So to experience God, the father is to have our true identity and inheritance open up to us. And this is that whole conversation. Well, who is your daddy? 
And this is what I, I love what Mark Twain says, babe. He says, he has this quote, it's just phenomenal. He said, God created man in his image, then man returned the favor. <laughs> See, guys, what you think about God is the most important thing you will ever think. It shapes how you see everything else in the world, but it also shapes your concept and foundation of kingdom family. We even see this in Matthew 16, 15, babe. I mean, it says, Jesus came to the disciples, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. He was actually asking them a question because how you see Jesus is going to how you see the Father. That's good. And he was asking them, hey, how do you see me? What is your perception of who people say that I am. And right now we live in a day and time where media is trying to create a narrative to tell us who Jesus is, who Christ is. And when we buy into that narrative, we begin to get shaped by that narrative and not really understanding who he really is. It's the same thing. Who do men say that I am? Who, who do you say that I am? And only one person got it right. We understand it was Peter in Matthew 16. He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Why this was so such a game changer is that we see the correlation with you understanding who God is, who Christ is, and who sent Christ gives you an upgrade in your personal identity because Simon actually meant broken reed. And then Jesus goes, okay, you have the right revelation. So I'm giving you an upgrade in your identity. You were Simon, but I'm calling you Peter now, which means rock. Mm. And he's saying, this is the foundation in which my church, my family is going to be built. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we all relate to the Godhead differently, yeah. you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. True. You know, and it could depend on our, our upbringing, <laughs> yep. you know, how we are raised, our, you know, our interaction and our relationship with our own father. It could have to do with how we came into the kingdom. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, the revelation that we've received since then. Um, you know, and I think for me is that, you know, this was, I didn't realize how important this was, honestly, until the last few years of my life. And I obviously have, have known God for a long time and had a relationship with God, but I didn't realize my view of the father was, was not correct for a lot of years, Yeah, you know, and God had to bring this to my attention and I always have related to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've always, it's been very easy to me. You know, it's like <laughs> you go into that time where you're going into a time of prayer, you know, and and I think a lot of us can relate to this is that, you know, usually you picture God in your mind to be, and some people picture him as the father. Some people picture Jesus and some people picture the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and I, for me, I had always picture Jesus. It was just, that's who I related to. I totally understood Jesus as my savior, as my deliverer, but I didn't really realize that my view of the father was not mm. correct until a couple years ago. You know, if you heard um, last season on one of our episodes, Activating Your Voice, and actually that's still our top um, listen to episode. Yep. And, you know, I talked about a little bit of my journey a couple years ago with, and I experienced um, cluster headaches. And, and, you know, one of the things that I shared on that episode was that my breakthrough actually didn't even start and me overcoming the pain I was in was mm. because I was not seeing the father properly and accurately. Wow. And it took a revelation that 
I actually could not see the father correctly because I was not interpreting him through the lens of Jesus. Because as you were talking about, right, that we see the father through Jesus. Is that what you're saying? Yep. And I wasn't doing that. I was literally thinking, okay, the Father is one nature, Jesus is one nature, and the Holy Spirit is one nature. Mm. You know, the Father is, you know, a lot of times how we see our Father. Jesus is the one who, the nice one who came and <laughs> saved us and rescued us, you know, and, and then yep. the Holy Spirit. That's our comforter and that that's the one that we go to for counsel and, and security and, and comfort. Yep. Um, and we kind of segment their nature, but not realizing that that's so inaccurate and, and and we're not going to see the father correctly if we see God that way. Yeah. I mean, if you have a perception of angry God, that your daddy is angry daddy, you're going to inherit an angry kingdom. But if you actually see him true to who the Bible represents him from a biblical view, you'll realize that he's generous, he's good, and he's loving. Mm -hmm. And you inherit the kingdom of God with those attributes. And many times, I like what you were saying, and I think this is what, this is what he was telling the disciples, who do you say I am? Because what I heard you say, and this is so awesome, we've had this conversation, is that you got to upgrade in your perception and connection with God the Father through actually seeing Jesus represent the Father in such a way that it shifted your identity because your breakthrough in that activating your voice. And we talked about it in that episode is it was really about your identity. Yeah. And you had to upgrade in your identity when you realized that Jesus was representing the father to you. We saw the father. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that one, I suggest you go do that. <laughs> yes. um, give you the full picture and the full story. But I just remember, um, you know, the first two months of me experiencing the greatest pain of my life via these headaches that I was approaching God and I was going to the father because I felt like, well, the father, he, he's the one that should care about my Mm. need right now. He's the one that I need to relate to right now because, you know, it's like father, you know, you care that I'm in pain. Come, please Mm. take this away from me. And I was, I was begging, you know, I didn't mean to be a beggar, but I was begging the father help me come take this away. Like you are the one that's supposed to care about me. Right. Right. And I was like trying to plead with him and beg him, not realizing that everything I need is in the person of Jesus Christ. And God really corrected me. And I remember one day I was driving and I was crying and I was begging God. And he was like, okay, we're going to do this differently. (laughs) Yeah. And Jesus, like, almost like I felt like he was nudging me, like, hey, hey, let's have a conversation real quick. And if I could quiet myself enough to hear what he was saying, he was saying, hey, God truly does care about you, but I'm here to walk you through this and bring breakthrough. And we're going to do this together. Come on. And, And I made a decision right then and there that I'm not going to see God incorrectly. I'm not going to beg him any longer. I needed to realize that my breakthrough and my healing was already paid for Come on, through Jesus. And so that once I align myself so good. with that reality and that revelation, my view was immediately corrected to the father. I was now not coming to God as a beggar. I was <laughs> coming to him as wow, you've already done this for me and I already have access to this. And I now am coming into alignment and partnership with that that you've already given me. That's good. The posture just completely shifted after that. 
I think this is so interesting because kingdom family is massive. But then what makes it smaller is when you find your tribe within kingdom family. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we're talking about, kingdom family, kingdom of God, because we were given the kingdom of God, so we're part of a kingdom family. And what connects us all to the same family is that we all have the same father, God the Father. The thing is, is when we all have a different perception of God the Father, some people still have angry God. Mm -hmm. Some people see good God. It brings disconnection. And what happens, we have a schizophrenic family because we've inherited a schizophrenic God. Let me, let, me, let me give you some examples of this. This is what religion teaches because this is just so interesting. Sometimes we believe God is wrath, Jesus is peace, and the Holy Spirit's comforter, right? Disconnection there. Here's another lie. The Father hates us, Jesus loves us, and we're not sure about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> another lie. This is stuff we inherit in religion. Here's another one. God's bad cop, Jesus is good cop, and the Holy Spirit's crazy cop. <laughs> I mean, how many, I, I mean, seriously, like God is mad at humanity, he's taking everybody out, but Jesus came because he really loves you, man. And for God so loved the world, right? He gave his only begotten son. We don't see that correlation, but we think God's the bad cop, Jesus is a good cop, Holy Spirit's crazy cop. Here's another one. God is ticked off. Jesus is keeping him from killing us. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit is telling us it's going to be okay. Dad will get over it. I mean, this is the correlation of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This, this is the lies we were taught. Here's another one. Jesus loves me. The Father is angry. And the Holy Spirit wants me to do just really strange things. So we have this concept that Jesus loves me. He is love. He cares about me. And then we have this other that Father's angry. Oh, man, I, I, I can meet with Jesus, but I can't meet with Father. I can't come to the Father's throne. I, I, I only can meet with Jesus. And then we have this almost like other aspect of the Holy Spirit. He just wants me to do strange things. Huh. And then we have this other light in the Old Testament. Comes from the Old Testament. God was a judge, angry and aloof. But then Jesus paid for our sins. And now God's a good, loving father. I got to tell you what, when we believe in that, we have a schizophrenic God. And we have a relationship with a schizophrenic trinity. Yeah. So we create a schizophrenic family. You know, and we... <laughs> And we see scriptures like when Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. And that he is the perfect representation of the Father. How do how did we get those mindsets? If oh, Jesus man. himself is coming and saying, you want to see the Father? Here, here I am. Yes. If you've seen me, you've seen, seen the, the Father. Father. Like... He, Jesus put a face on God. How, where's on. the disconnect? Where's the disconnect? Where do you think that came from? Well, a lot of it is even in our theology. If you want to think about it, it's in our theology because we have inherited a theology and it's taught in Bible colleges where a lot of the, the, the structure of theology came from Greek uh, mythology, which we still don't understand and we don't see the correlation and how it's connected. But if you do a study and how we're taught in a Western civilization through our theology, much of the foundation for our theology was impacted or influenced by Greek philosophers. And they saw God as a distant God, mm -hmm. unmovable. And so when you, at the center of your theology, at the center of the foundation of your belief system, see God as a distant God that has disconnection, then you, it's just like a kid who grows up with a father whose father has no connection with him and is just overseeing him and he feels so disconnected and he only sees his father as being disconnected and angry, then that, that's what you're going to inherit your foundation. 
And that's a lot of it. If you if you begin to go in and look at the foundation of our Western theology, you find out that we inherited a belief system of angry dad, mm. disconnected dad. But then when you read from a biblical perspective in Genesis, I mean, l- l- look at this. This is what it says about God in Exodus. You ready for this? Because this, this is a game changer. So we inherited theology. It's taught in our Bible colleges. And then you read scriptures like this. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, talking about God. God is Lord. The Lord, the compassionate and gracious of God, slow to anger. Slow to anger. Mm. Abounding in love. Faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And that was before the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Let's talk about who God is. Yeah. Here's the game changer. And I think this is what kind of begins to happen. You just said, and it's true, Jesus came to put a face on God the Father. But what happens many times is we only connect with Jesus as Savior, not as Lord. Yeah. So when you connect as Jesus as Savior, your relationship with Jesus alone creates an aspect where you just depend on him to save you. But when you don't capture the revelation and nature of lordship, that's the point where it puts a paints a picture of who God the Father is because it calls him Lord in the Old Testament. So Jesus kept came to represent a good Lord over this kingdom. And so when we just disconnect and only see Jesus as Savior but not as Lord, hmm. then what happens, we're, we're left with a revelation that I can be saved, but God the Father can't protect me. Wow. And so what happens, we live in a place of being saved and salvation, but we have not experienced the protection of a good God. So even in our relationship, in family or in church, we're constantly feeling the need to have to protect ourselves because we don't feel protected in the nature of Lordship because He's not a good God. So one of the ways that we could begin to understand our God perception or who our daddy is or a perception of our daddy is we do this activation many times. And I'm going to ask you the listener, I want you to close your eyes right now. If you're driving, make sure you pull over, (laughs) (laughs) but I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture yourself before the throne of God in your imagination. And I want you to picture yourself making eye contact with God. What are his eyes telling you? And what is the countenance on his face showing towards you? I want you to think about that. Take some time. And I want you to think about that. And as you have that picture, I want you to look at the accountants of this eyes is communicating to you. Now, hold on that. We're going to come back to this because many times that shows our perception of who our daddy is or how we receive from our daddy. Now, our God view is, is very distinct and we have to have the right foundation if we're going to step into kingdom family. And here are some beliefs that have to be at our core core belief system. Number one, we must believe that God is good, loving, and generous. Moses asked God to see his glory. And what the scripture tell us? It says, God showed him his glory, but he said, you will see my goodness. So we already see there that God's glory is connected to goodness. Goodness and glory coexist together. You can't separate them. When you see God's glory, you see his goodness. So That means at his foundation, he's good. And then we have John 3, 16. We quote, God so loved the world. Didn't say Jesus so loved us. said God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his son, which is Jesus. So from that, we understand, babe, that God is generous. He's not only good, he's generous. 
He doesn't withhold, he doesn't withhold any good thing from his children. We don't have to earn it or be convinced him to be with us or work miracles or or create healing. We don't have to convince him. He's generous. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who? that is so good. Oh, and we have to believe that Jesus is perfect theology. I know people, there's heresy hunters out there that as soon as you say this, it's a trigger. I've seen posts. Well, how can you say Jesus is perfect theology? Well, let me help you with this. This is the core belief why we believe Jesus is perfect theology and is the concept and foundation for kingdom family. If Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father, and if you don't like the Father, why would you like the Son? Or if you don't like the Son, why would you like the Father? See, we believe Jesus is perfect theology because of Hebrews 1.3. It says the Son, speaking of Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. Once again, remember, glory and goodness. So he's the radiance of God's glory and goodness and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. So we see that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. So when you see Jesus, he's perfect theology because he helps set your theology of who God is back into alignment. And this is key. And you quoted it earlier, John 14, 9, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus represents the Father perfectly. Yes. So we see Jesus came (laughs) to earth to represent the Father. And then he didn't stop there. You know, we understand that he said, I have to go now. I have Mm. to go, but don't worry because I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Yes. The great comforter. He, he, He didn't just listen. The Holy Spirit is not the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. Come on. We have to understand that we have full access through the Holy Spirit. The veil was torn, guys. When Jesus died and was resurrected, we understand the veil was torn. Any separation that we felt we had between us and God, it's done. Like we have full access. Do we understand what a privilege that is? That the very God that created the universe, that rose Jesus from the dead, now we have access to living inside of us through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's fire. (laughs) You know, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. And this is what I love because this even proves the goodness of the Father. Scripture says, Ephesians 2.14, the Holy Spirit is the down payment on our inheritance, which is applied towards our redemption as God's own people, resulting in the honor of God's glory. So he's so good that not only that, he gave us the Holy Spirit as a down payment of an inheritance to come. But here's the game changer. This is where it connects us. And this is where it disconnects us from spiritual family, from understanding kingdom family. When we have angry God theology, we end up being disconnected from our inheritance because our perception of the father is key for our identity and inheritance as son. I'll give you a scripture for this, a whole passage the prodigal son. I know so many times we focus on the prodigal son, but what about the prodigal brother? The brother had a perception that he didn't relate to the father. Couldn't relate to the father. How do we know that? Because he didn't understand his true identity as a son. 
because he didn't understand, understand his true identity as son, he didn't receive his inheritance or have a perception of what was available to him. Because the father says, all I have is yours. So this is a game changer. Because how we relate to the father connects us to our truest identity. And when we find our true identity as sons and daughters, that is what unlocks our inheritance here on earth and what is to come. You know, and I think with this passage, not that we want to admit it, but, um, (laughs) you know, we, a lot of us as believers, we probably relate to the brother, the older brother, more than the the prodigal son, you know, as a believer. And what we don't realize is that we, if we don't see the father correctly, that it, it directly affects our connection, our relationship with our brothers and sisters, you know, and our his view was wow. ultimately, his view of the father ultimately resulted in disconnection to his brother. And that's what's happening. Wow. Our view if it, of the father, if it's not correct, we are not going to be connected in community. Yep. We are going to see people as a threat and competition. We are going to see them as they're trying to take mine. We are going to see all these things and it directly affects our relationships in community and in family. And that's a big deal. I think that's so true because then what happens, we end up at the default. I see that we've both been part of communities, churches, where it's all about behavior modification. Mm -hmm. And so angry God theology creates a behavior modification system where it's like, okay, we we, we got to put everything in check. We we, we got to control your behavior. Right. And as 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 leaders, <laughs> as good leaders, we go to this side where hey, we let control in. We let, you know, fear be our motivator because yeah. you know, you get out of alignment. It's this it's like this perversion of of seeing justice. Mm. You know, you know, you see I, I don't know. we've just had a few people along the way where they have a really strong desire um, and strong even call to justice and seeing um, justice released in places that there's injustice. But this is a really big deal because if you don't have the correct perspective of the father, you're going to start using that that passion and actually the gift God gave you and you're going to use it in the wrong way. And you're, it's going to turn into control. It's going to turn into actually keeping people bound in a place. It's just not, you're not going to release what God intended. You're not going to release freedom. You're not going to release Liberty. You're going to actually, the very thing that you want to see people free is actually going to enslave them. That's so good because what happens, we take the gifts that he gave us and we make them weapons of mass destruction. And we end up using them to destroy one another rather than enhancing the freedom of one another. And I love that because really in family, family, kingdom family is a culture of freedom. It's not a culture where you can just do anything you want. Mm -hmm. It's a culture where you get to enhance the lives of others while getting your life enhanced. So we get our lives enhanced because our ability to serve one another is not self-focused. It's actually connected to the concept of enhancing the lives of others in our tribe and in our family. Yeah. And if we take it back to, let's take it back to the brother and and the son. Okay. (laughs) So his That's role, good. the older brother's role, he had direct access to the father still. Yeah. And he had the great ability and privilege that his call 
was to help bring freedom. Yeah. His his brother needed freedom. Yep. He was in a wrong mindset. He ran away. He was not <laughs> he was not living in his full identity. Nope. And as the one who was in the household of his father, he had access to all the resources he needed to help his brother. But what did he do? <laughs> he didn't use that resource to bring freedom. He actually was upset. When the brother chose to come back home, he was upset and he didn't want it. So how do you celebrate your brother and sister? That that, that actually is a direct correlation with how you see the father. That was fire. Oh, my word. I'm like, you got me lost for words over here. It's so true, though, because what happens is our wrong perception of how we see the father blinds us not only to connecting with our brothers and sisters, but it blinds us to everything that's available. It blinds us to our inheritance. Exactly. How many people have grown up in church, are in a sense of some sort of community, yet not accessing the fullness of their inheritance, what Christ paid for, because they've been blinded to their perception and perspective of who the Father is. They can't see the Father as the Father, so they can't see themselves as sons, so they don't have inheritance. So what happens when you don't have inheritance, you become an orphan. And then what happens? Oh, you start fighting to get from others mm-hmm. because you don't have. Yeah, we would say that the the prodigal son had this orphan mentality. I would also say the, yeah. uh, the older brother had yep. the same mentality. It just was manifesting differently. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me just throw a little curveball. As... Mothers and fathers, as yeah. leaders, as ones that, you know, we're creating family culture and community. How do we deal with the brother, the older brother syndrome and the prodigal son syndrome and creating family in the midst of those people that are coming into our community? Well, I think the answer to that question is in the very passage we're talking about was we have to, first of all, at our foundation, we have to make sure that we have the right God perception and yep. God view of the father. Yeah. Because what you focus on, you make room for him and what you actually behold, you become. So if, if I'm beholding God, the father in all his goodness, I have access to become that same nature. And that's what happened in the passage. You see the nature of the father. He was able to receive and accept both. Right. He, he didn't, he didn't deny one for the other. He understood that, hey, the older brother, he still has, I still celebrate him and he has a place to say, and all I have is his. And yet he went and set himself up in a position to continually to look for the prodigal. I mean, when the prodigal was coming home, it said, I mean, he saw the father looking for him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's our, that's our position as leaders when we're dealing with both of these, the orphan that's manifesting as a prodigal or the orphan that's manifesting as an older brother is that we have to still be fathers and mothers in family and begin to not, and really it's the word we have to begin to pastor this mm-hmm. and disciple this from a perspective as the father would mm-hmm. and create a culture of safety where people don't feel isolated or don't feel overlooked. Yeah. Because I think what happens sometimes as leaders is that we overlook one for the other whether being able to be aware of both and understand how to respond personally to that person's 
need and breakthrough. Yeah. You know, I, I'm reminded of, you know, when we first started out in ministry and we were, we were learning, you know, how to build this kind of culture and it was so new to us. We didn't know what the heck we were doing (laughs) and we made a lot of mistakes along the way, you know, and there was times that we did handle it wrong. And there was times that people probably got hurt by us Mm. because we didn't handle it right. You know, we had to walk through those times and, and, but, you know, I think, you learn, right? You live and learn and you go, you walk through it and you learn, okay, that wasn't my heart. How could I have done it differently? And one thing that we had to come to the realization is that we cannot be afraid as leaders for, uh, for the messes. We can't be afraid of these things to happen. We can't like the moment something happens or the moment someone has a problem or the moment, you know, someone falls into sin, we freak out and like, we, Oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong. And like, no, quit it, (laughs) quit it. You can't be afraid of people walking through stuff. That's why they're in your life. Like, that's why they trust you. Like you have what it takes to lead them. Okay. So Mm. we're talking to those that, that, feel like they can relate like hey yeah. I'm a leader I have people in my group and my community yeah I don't know what to do with sometimes that's okay we don't always know what to do but thank the Lord that we have you know wisdom through the Holy Spirit that he's going to lead us and guide us we can't be afraid though to like the moment someone has an issue we cut them off we got we got to stop yeah. doing that we got to stop cutting people off that don't look like us don't sound like Come us on. don't you know have an issue that we've never dealt with like we can't be afraid of that you know I think one of the game changers too is that we don't realize we have the same access to what God had access to that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit the fruit of the spirit and one of the things that we don't talk about is a fruit of long suffering. Mm. And sometimes it requires as a leader to have that access, that fruit of long suffering. When we learn how to position ourselves with those that we're actually leading and we have access to the same thing that God had access to. That's why he gave us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so hard. Wow. We have so much we can continue to talk. We may have to do another episode yeah. well, on this. Well, this is so good. Hey guys, make sure to check out the show notes as you will be able to see the link on how you can connect with the eight-week mentorship group as it ends tonight to be able to be connected to that group. Also, join our new Facebook page, Matt and Des Gonzalez. It's connected to the Matt and Des Experience Your Podcast. Go join it on Facebook today. Thank you guys for listening to this show. And remember, family is where life begins, destiny is found, identity is enhanced, and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach. Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.